Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are all welcome today. Day 16. Somebody must be counting this for us so that we are on par. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. I welcome you to our training tonight, if you can call it that way. Amen. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Are you still strong? Are you still feeling the spirit? Amen. I want to start with a small instruction, just instructions on prayer. Amen. Instruction number one, Hebrews 4, verse 16. Just a few instructions on prayer. Like I started saying yesterday, my goal, or rather let me not say my goal, but the desire of the Lord is that prayer will become beneficiary for you and for me. That prayer should not just be physical exhaustion that leaves you empty at the end of it. Prayer is powerful. The Bible says, let us therefore come how? Boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in times of need. I want you to draw your attention. The first prayer instruction that I want to give you is how to come to the presence of the Lord. It's very important to know that how you appear affects what you get. If you go somewhere and you come across as insecure, chances are you might not be given the job. Just how you are coming across you're coming across unsure of yourself. You're coming across like you, 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 you don't think you can do it. And you don't need to say, I'm insecure. I don't believe in myself. You just, people pick it up. And the person will ask himself, I, I must put you in charge of my reception. And the way you are looking, the way you are talking, you chase everybody away. Now, that's how things are out there. But maybe you didn't know that it matters to God too, how you come. How you come. How you come determines what you're going to do. You know, I was coming to the building earlier, and I could barely believe, it was very difficult to even believe that people are praying inside here. And I was coming. The only voice I could hear was the voice of Brother Ted. That's the only voice. So I thought that maybe it's just about two or three people inside here. When I got here, I found that there's quite a number of people that are inside here. <laughs> I was surprised. I was really surprised. Is this how people are praying? Is this how people are praying? So it shows that you are not bold in your approach. Some of you, I only started hearing your voice when I arrived and I started praying. Then you, you see, so you are doing it for man. You don't have a conviction 
your personal conviction yet about your own prayer. So when pastor is there, oh no, pastor is here, I know. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. So if pastor is not there, everything is low, dead, close to symmetry, uh, atmosphere. So when pastor comes and then pastor is going to charge us, then we're going to say, so it's, it's, see, you are not bold yet in your prayer. You are afraid of your prayer. You are afraid of your voice being heard in a hall. Which says a lot about what you're going to get. Because these are prayers offered in fear. With fear. They are not prayers offered with boldness and courage and faith. They are not sincere. They are influenced by who is in the hall. They will demand not draw the attention of the Father. And I want to help you. Come with me to Matthew 23. Verse 5. Jesus was... You can even start from verse 1. Because Jesus was just warning his disciples about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, interestingly, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the main guys at that time when it comes to spirituality. These were the guys that were in charge of the temple. These were the guys that were preaching. These were the guys that were doing everything. And Jesus is warning his disciples about these guys. That is interesting. When you hear Pharisees and Sadducees, it's as if there was a good group and they were the bad group. They were the only group. Until Jesus came and started another group, there was nothing. When you go to the temple, it is the Pharisees you find. They are the ones that take your sacrifice. They are the ones that, they were the guys in charge of everything. It's not like Pharisees just branch out and started some funny things on the side and the real guys were on another side. There's nothing like that. Okay, who were the real guys then? There's nothing. Apart from the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, and the teachers of the law, you have nothing else. So these were the guys that were in charge of the spiritual life of Israel. They were in charge of the spirituality of the land. Interestingly, Jesus is warning his disciples about these guys. Verse 2. Okay, from verse 1, sorry. Verse 1, from verse 1. Then Jesus spoke to the multitude and to his disciples. So he was telling the group of people that were there, but in particular his disciples. Verse 2. Saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So these guys have taken the place of Moses. Who Moses was is who they are now. So the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Verse 3. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works. For they say and they do not do. If you can maybe NIV it or NLT it so that you can maybe 
You must obey them and do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for men to see. That's why I, I was trying to take you. They do things for men to see. They make their phylacteries wide and their tessels on garments long. So let's talk about their attire, the, 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 the uniform, the way they dress. Yeah, it's to draw your attention. So when they come, your attention is not drawn to their character. Your attention is drawn to what they are wearing and how respectable they look. That is what he was trying to tell them. And then verse 6. They love the place of honor at banquet and the most important seats in synagogues. So in the church, they will like the first seat. They, they love to sit in the place of honor. It matters to them where they sit. It is so important to them to have the best seat. It matters a lot to them. These are, if you want to understand, because like I'm saying, the Pharisees of before are still here today. It's Phariseeism is a spirit. So you need to check where I'm, have I become a Pharisee? When I think of Sunday morning, do I think more on my attire then I think of the presence of God. What, where, where is my focus more? Do I want to look good? Or do I want to connect with God? Because the Pharisee is interested in, my dress must look like this, my shoes must look like this, I must come across like this, my hair must be, there's nothing wrong in looking good. But when that is the main focus, when that is the first priority, you are beginning to go off, you are becoming a Pharisee. When how you look is more important than who you are, you are becoming a Pharisee. You are becoming a Pharisee. And then they lack the place of honor at banquets. And the most important seat in the synagogue, the synagogue is the church. These are people that will get very offended with you if their seat is taken by somebody else. Like I go back again to the example of my son of yesterday. If he was a Pharisee, he wasn't going to come to church today. Never. He was going to get offended that I made him move here from yesterday to sit there. And I don't think I was going to see him again anytime soon. That's the Pharisee nature. You get offended. Why did he move me? What is that? The control things. seven. They love to be greeted in marketplaces and to have men call them rabbi. They love it when you call them by their title. So they love titles and position. That's what he's trying to tell you. That titles and position are a big deal to them. They can do anything just to ascend to that place of a title. To become shepherd this, shepherd this, that, pastor this, pastor that. It is so important to them. It is more important than the work itself. In fact, they might not even care about the work. They just want the title. Do, do you see that these people haven't stopped existing? They are still around. Plenty. They still around. 
Praise the Lord. We can even stop there. Go back to verse 5. Everything, this is the trademark of a Pharisee. A Pharisee does things for people to see, men to see, men to hear. So when I'm coming to church, if you are not praying before I came, as soon as I come, you start praying. That means that you are a Pharisee to some degree because you were not praying for God. You only started praying when pastor came. So you are doing it for men to see. You are not yet doing it for God to hear. And you need to assess yourself because this is why prayers are not answered and people don't know why their prayers are not answered. They do not realize that they haven't learned yet how to approach God. It is still so important who is hearing me, who is next to me, who is in the building. I need to come across this. It, it, seems, it seems you are still at the main level. You are still at the main level. I want to show you something in the same book of Matthew. Now let's go to Matthew 6. For me, people of God, it doesn't really matter that I go around giving you big things. When they're elementary things, you don't know them yet very well. You are still struggling with them. Yeah. I want you to know, I want prayer to work for you. I really want prayer to work for you. And I want you to know that prayer can work for you if you start changing what you are doing. If you can start changing what you are doing. You cannot, come, you cannot become desperate with God only because another person is not desperate with God. Then all of a sudden you are also desperate with God. So your desperation with God is not genuine. It is connected to another person's desperation with God. So if that person was not in the building, you are going to continue with your funeral. Matthew 6. Let's take it from verse 5. These are just instructions on prayer. Do you understand? Just simple instructions on prayer. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. And if you go back to that Matthew 23, down he's calling the, the Pharisees hypocrites. That they are the one he's calling hypocrites. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is a pretender. Another word for a hypocrite is a pretender. So he says, when you pray, don't be a pretender. Today, hypocrite means pretender. Don't be a pretender. So as soon as you start pretending, your prayer is canceled. Don't be a pretender when it comes to your prayer. Your prayer is, this is a very sacred time you are having with God. It must be genuine. It must be real. It must matter. For God's sake, we leave our homes to come here. We are fasting, torturing us. It must mean something. You can't come here, do all this, and, and when the moment of moment comes, you waste it. Then what is the purpose of the fasting? What is the purpose of holding yourself the whole day? If when, it, when the time has not come to do what the whole thing is supposed to be, there you start, Satan starts manipulating you. What is the purpose? So don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue 
and on the street corners that they may be seen by men. Sounds like what we just heard now on the other side. They may be seen. It's, it's, so, so if I'm standing, it's not because the prayer is now hot and I feel like standing. Like I want people to feel me. So the, he's talking about the motive, the motive, the things they do. So maybe you don't stand, but you start maybe screaming, or you start doing this, or you start doing that. But is it really because you're, you're wanting your voice to be heard, or you just want somebody to be impressed? Are you trying to impress your pastor? Are you trying to impress your sister next to you? Who are you doing this for? Now, guess what he says? Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. What is their reward? Their reward is that the person they were impressing might be impressed. That is the only reward. Imagine you came for prayer, and the only reward you will get is that the person you were impressing is not impressed. They, they, they are, like, after they say, yo, sister, I like the way you pray. Oh, so now the reward has worked. Like, yeah, yeah. And indeed, you are not trying to get prayer answered. You are just trying to impress a few people. So that's the only thing you are getting from that prayer is that maybe the person might not say it, but the person might, when they look at you, they just... You can feel when people are respecting you. You can feel like, wow, no, I'm earning my respect now. People are, people are, people are, are, are taking me serious. That's the only reward you are getting from the whole thing. Imagine you're having real problems at home. Bills are not paid. There is this situation, there are that situation. When you come to a place where you can find help in time of need, your whole focus is to impress somebody. Your whole focus is to win the approval of pastor. Oh, no, pastor is saying, let me pray, let me pray, let me pray, let me pray. Before pastor came, everybody was quiet. People having their time. As soon as pastor arrives and pastor starts praying, then you start hearing, I don't know. I, may, I, I want to believe you are really praying, but I'm also wondering, but how come I couldn't find that atmosphere when I got here? Why couldn't I find it? Why is it that only when I come and I start hearing it? What if I didn't come? Have you thought about that? What if I didn't come? We're going to have a symmetry, a funeral. Nothing. People are just unsure of themselves. They are full of fear. They can't talk to their father. Ah, and how long are you going to be like this? Hmm? Verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, what is he? He's giving principles of prayer. Prayer doesn't work anyhow, anywhere. No, 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 no. There are principles. The reason we don't put Matt on the street to pray, because he didn't say we should do it like that. You come to a place. A place of prayer. He said in his word, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So for the sake of this global prayer, so the, the, the room is the building, the church building where we are right now. So you come in there. When you get in there, he says, you shut your door. That is interesting. He didn't say you shut the door. 
He says, you shut your door. So he's talking about when, when you enter a room and there's noise outside, what do you do? Huh? Do you go and tell people to not talk? What do you do? You close the door. As soon as you close the door, you reduce the noise drastically. So he's saying to you, reduce your noise. Reduce your noise. So, like, start clearing your mind. Start shutting down your thoughts that are running over there. Your, your, your thoughts that are going over there. You are sitting here, but your thoughts are over there. He said, no, start shutting the door. Shut the door. Because you will not be able to pray effectively if your thoughts are running wild all over the place. Bring yourself here. Be in that room fully for the prayer to work. The prayer cannot work if I'm sitting here, but I'm thinking of that. My, Satan is just manipulating your mind. Like a, 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 a. So it takes time to start shutting the door. To start shutting the door. So that's why, some, some of the time, you know, that's why the Lord gave us that model, our Father, and so we start by worshiping God. Because worshiping God, talking to God, helps you refocus on God. Your mind starts collecting itself. So, no, by the way, I'm in the church. No, 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 no. I refuse to continue thinking about all this. It's, I'm trying to tell you something. You can't be in the presence of an important person and you are doing a lot of other things and you are telling me that you are showing respect to that person. And you sometimes hear the person say, to you, are you here? Are you here? Because he can sense that you are here, your body is there, but it's like your mind has deviated already. So he says, are you here? He says, yeah, 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 I'm here, I'm here, continue. Shut your door. Shut your door. Your prayer will not be effective if you are still, your door is still open. Phone calls can come through, WhatsApps can come through, SMS can come through, you can still look at your message, you can still do this, you can still do that. The doors are all open. You are still answering calls. You are still replying to messages. You are still checking a lot of things while you are trying to talk to your father. Ah, You will pray. You, you will walk out of there and say you have prayed. But as far as the spiritual world is concerned, you might not have done anything. It could have been as good as not even coming because... I'm telling you, like I showed you yesterday, you can go in the bush and start catching things on top. And you will say that I have... But you, you see, in the actual fact, you didn't do anything. You just exhausted energy. That's why Jesus took time to teach about prayer because you can do it and never do it well. And you keep feeling that God doesn't answer, God doesn't care. Meanwhile, your approach is not right. Shut your door. Then pray to your father, not your pastor. Pray to your father. The prayers must be addressed to God. That's, that's where my whole teaching is coming from. That Who are you praying to? Pray to your father. If you are not talking to me, you don't need, you don't, you have no right to, for my answer. If you are talking to my sister Prudence here, if I answer, I answer by mercy. But I am not the person you are talking to. So I, you don't need, I don't have to answer you. She must answer because she's the one you are talking to. So if God looks at you and God sees that that prayer is directed at impressing so and so, why must God answer that prayer? It is not directed at him. You are not talking to him. 
He says, pray to your father. Pray to your father. Pray to him who is in the secret place. So now it's going to require faith because you don't see him. But the Bible is telling you he is there. He is there. He is there. So you need to find your way to that secret place, whatever it is. You must enter that. God is in a location. The location is called secret place. That's where he is. He's not in a public place. He's in a secret place. You are in a public place with a lot of people, but he's saying to you, connect with me. Let's meet in the secret place. And let's start doing this. Your prayer life is about to be revolutionized, I tell you. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. That is your testimony. That is, that is when you are not sharing what the father has done. But when the father started doing it, it was just the two of you. A lot of prayers are not answered because people don't meet the father. They are meeting other humans. They are not working hard to meet the father. I don't want to lie to you, my precious people. If I come here and I don't meet God, I feel I have wasted my time. I have wasted my time Hundred percent. Satan has cheated me that evening. He has cheated me one hundred percent. Now let me give you the, the matter of all secrets. People who struggle to meet God in a public place don't have a relationship with God in a private place themselves. You see, when you are used to meeting God, you and God alone in your house. Do you understand? No matter where they throw you, you will find your way back. Those of us that are here that you are struggling, when you are in a public place, you can't focus. You are listening to the prayers of everybody and you are struggling. I wish I would. No, no, no. You see, your problem is that you don't pray alone. You don't have a personal prayer life. So you don't know how to find the Father by yourself. Once you start knowing how to find the Father by yourself, they can throw you in the midst of a sea of people. Right in there, you will find your way to the secret place by yourself. This man blessed me with a chicken sometimes last year. Then we took that chicken and we kept it in the same place, I think for five days. We didn't allow the chicken to go anywhere. The chicken was in the same place for about five days. Same place. He was eating everything there. After five days, then we cut the cord from the chicken. And we, we started allowing the chicken to go. And guess what? It's exactly five o'clock. Wherever that chicken was, it will make its way right back. Because it was introduced to a place. It started knowing the place. So it became that no matter where it goes, it knows its way back to the place. And that is how you and God are. When you learn God by yourself, you will start knowing how to get to him. 
no matter how big the meeting is, no matter who is in the meeting, once you know the way, you know the way. You know the way. And when you don't know the way, no matter what, you will just be beating about the bush. You will never, you will always be lost. Lost in the crowd, lost in the noise, lost in the clapping, lost in the pretense. So the key to an effective prayer life is a personal prayer life. Personal prayer life. I must learn to find God by myself in my house. I must learn to enter the room by myself. I say, Jesus, I must feel you today. And when I start doing it often, I will know how to get there. Then it will become easy wherever you throw me. I just flow. If you, if you can learn this, it will help you. Because my prayer for us is that one of the areas of your spirituality that must become the richest is your prayer life. Your prayer life must be the richest aspect of your Christianity. Your prayer life. It must be the richest, the glorious, like when somebody wants to know you, your prayer life is the main thing. I will keep teaching you about this. I keep talking to you about this. Hoping that one day you will catch it. And the day you catch it, that day you will see for yourself. A lot will start changing practically. 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 The Lord was right when he said, These people honor me with their lips. Their hearts are not with me. I want the heart. The heart is not there. It's just lip service. Lip service. Depending on who is in the building. I'm trusting the Lord that we are coming out of all these things. My job at the moment is to remove Phariseeism out of the system. First of all, to make you realize maybe you are a Pharisee at the moment. You need to Assess yourself well and recognize, I think I've got some Pharisee tendencies. I've got some Sadducee tendencies. There's nothing wrong with that. Just assess yourself well because as long as you are deceiving yourself, no help can be given. You need to look at yourself and say, I think based on this description of Matthew, you must maybe go and read Matthew 23, NLT, all the, the, the I mean like the, the watered down version, maybe like passion, you know, those, those ones that are just like somebody is talking to you read it and ask yourself, is this describing me? And then you can start building from there. Because if you are a Pharisee in the spirit and you keep claiming you are something, can I show you something? Okay, I want to show you something as I close this session. Revelations 11, verse 8. This is 
a very interesting verse. But this verse is a description of how things are. It says, their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city. Who can guess which city he's talking about? Huh? Jerusalem, exactly. God bless you. The city he's talking about is Jerusalem. But he says, that city, spiritually, is not called Jerusalem. Spiritually, Jerusalem is called Sodom and Egypt. That is the spiritual name of Jerusalem. So in the realm of the spirit, Jerusalem has become Sodom and Egypt. But physically, they are still calling it Jerusalem. So you see that sometimes you are called something, but in the spirit you are something else. Physically, this is what people know about you. Meanwhile, in the spirit, you are known by another name. It's another thing altogether. Spiritually, Sodom and Egypt. Isn't that interesting? And isn't it even more interesting that Tel Aviv, which is the capital of Israel, not so long ago, was called the capital of gay, the gay capital. Uh, isn't it very interesting that Israel is the, was the capital of homosexuality? And you see how precise, how precise the word of God is that spiritually, Israel and, and Jerusalem, and, and Jerusalem in the spirit, it is Sodom and Egypt. So you can carry the name, I'm this. Meanwhile, in the spirit, you are seen as a Pharisee. But physically, you are saying, no, I'm this. You understand? That's why it's very, very important that you locate yourself well. We locate ourselves well. And we, we, you see, this is, my, this is my motto of life. Look, if everything is found on the other side, praise God. But I don't want to deceive myself thinking everything is found on the other side. I always like to know what is there. I want to know what is there. I am not afraid of what is there. I want to know what it is. Because I can solve it if it is solvable. Why deceive myself that no, 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 everything is perfect, everything. Meanwhile, everything is falling apart. Why not on turn the, the stones and check? Why deceive yourself? Who is going to suffer? It's you. Hmm? You shouldn't be confused about we are going to Jerusalem because of the things of the past, not because of what is there now. There's nothing there now that glorifies God right now. Don't, don't be deceived. Don't be a child. Don't be a child. In fact, some people have gone there on trips. They came back very offended. Yes, because they went to Jordan 
thinking that they were going to find people, uh, you know, like wearing white garments, just moving around praying. They found people in bikinis, swimming, doing their own thing. So they became so offended. What type of thing is this? Yeah. So you see, because you, see, you are thinking in your head that the Jerusalem and the, the, the Jordan that you are imagining in the Bible is the one that is there now. So when you now go there, you find another reality. They were shocked. Ah, is this Jerusalem again? Yes. Some sites have been left like that for tourism purposes, but not because people have the conviction. Praise the Lord. All right. I hope this lectures on prayer will help you in the name of Jesus. Another lecture on prayer. <laughs> Can I give you? I'm just going to give you lectures on prayer. If you are interested, of course. First Corinthians fourteen, verse eighteen. Lectures on prayer. I really thank God for this young man. He's becoming very fast. The speed is coming. More grace on you, sir. I thank my God I speak in tongues with thanks more than you all. This was Paul talking to an entire church. The, the Corinthians. He's not talking to a few leaders. He's talking to the whole church. He says, if you put all your tongues together, all of you, my tongues are still greater than all your tongues. A leader must pray more than followers. A leader prays more. A leader prays more. You pray more. You pray more. You don't pray less. You pray more. You pray more. You cannot lead people and you are not praying more than them. You can't. From where? It says, I think my God, I pray more. More than. More than. More than. All of you. You are a leader. But you are praying less. No. 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 It will not work. A leader prays more than. More than. More than. I thank my God. I pray more than all of you. That's another lecture on prayer. If I'm going to lead, it starts in prayer. When you check my prayer life, my prayer life must be richer than the prayer life of anybody that I'm, I'm connected to. I must be at the forefront in prayer, not in talks. Let me tell you something. Everybody can preach, not everybody can pray. Everybody can teach, not everybody can pray. Never confuse the two. 
I give the, the Bible to any of you and you will have something to say. It's easier to preach and teach than pray. Much easier. Because prayer is a sacrifice. Prayer is a sacrifice. That's why if you check how you are praying, after 30 minutes, you see, you start, you become, you start feeling tired, isn't it? You start feeling, like, I mean, this is a lot. Because it's work. It's work, actually. You are working. You are producing most of the things that you need are spiritual. So there must be some spiritual investment for you to get them out. Anybody can do something, but not everybody can pray. As soon as you start prayer, the voices are going down. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Some will shout for a few five minutes and then shoo. It requires tenacity for you to sustain prayer for an hour, two hours. No, you, you, better, you should know something. There's something you know. There's something you are busy with. That's why you can do that. Yes. So he didn't say, I thank my God I preach more than all of you. I thank my God I have more revelation than all of you. No, I thank my God I pray more than all of you. A true leader your trademark is your prayer life. Would you agree that Jesus prayed more than his disciples? He will leave them here, come back, find them sleeping. So he was praying more than them. And when Paul also came, Paul attests that he prays more than the churches that he's pastoring. I don't think the standard is confusing here. Paul I know, Jesus I know. So that's the reference. The demonic forces recognize Paul, they recognize Peter, I mean, they recognize Jesus, and these are praying people. They didn't mention Peter, because Peter was sleeping. That whole time there, I mean, every time we come find him asleep, find him asleep, he didn't mention him. It's interesting, though. They didn't mention him. Yeah. So, I'm telling you, if you want to have a rich Christian life, if you want to have a Christianity that works, if you want to have a Christianity that will produce results, real results, get into prayer, my friend. Get into prayer for real. Get into prayer for real. I don't want to become your sangoma that whenever you need prayer, you're calling me. No. No. That's why I'm trying to teach you the principles so that you can start experiencing the power for yourself. There's the principle of praying more than. Who can you put I pray more than this? More than this. More than this. Is there anybody who can say I'm praying more than this one? Let's break out of deceptions. Let's break out of deceptions. At least recognize I need help. Last principle for tonight. First Corinthians 14, verse 15. Let's conclude our sermon for them. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. And I will also pray with 
understanding. So Paul prioritizes prayer in the spirit. He's even telling the people, I pray in the spirit more than all of you. He prioritizes prayer in the spirit. Then later he says, I will sing in the spirit. He starts by the spirit. Everything he's doing, he starts by the spirit. That's another powerful lesson of prayer. That do your things in the spirit because life is spiritual. It is the spiritual realm that controls this one. Become a master in praying in the spirit. So that's my concern because some of us, our prayer in the spirit is still so automated, it's unsure. I'm not, I can't speak my tongues freely. I'm still, I'm still held up in fear. I haven't broken in broadness. Can you be found in this hall blasting in your own tongues, not caring who is hearing you, not caring what is going on around you? Can you ever be found like that? Oh, it will always. Maybe it is the spirit making you do that. Do that. But if you are doing that because Satan is saying to you, "Shut up," then you are having a problem, brother. We are having a serious problem. We are having a problem. Some of you have never heard your tongues. You always go to. That if only I only see that you are here when you stand up. That's how I know that you are, you are also in the building. That's some of you. I mean, it takes we switch the lights after you switch the day and say, Hey, so and so is also here today. These are people that are supposed to lead others, their voice are the silence of the lamps. If you know the movie Silence of the Lamps, they have joined the lamps. And when you are doing these things, that is a recipe for distraction because any thought that enters will just take you flying. You are not focusing the prayer. You are just jumping. Before you know it, you are in Japan. Before you know it, you are somewhere. In, before you know it, you are in your village. Before you know it, you are at home. You are just, you are just being moved around. Because shh, shh, I'm not ashamed of it. No, 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 no. I do it. That's what I do. I'm not ashamed of it. Except I'm ashamed of my, I'm ashamed of my results. If I'm not ashamed of my results, I'll not be ashamed of the methods. If I know what gets me my results, I will never be ashamed of it. I'll not be ashamed of it. I'll pray in the spirit. So, so it's not something that, you know, uh, when, when I don't know what to do, I start praying. No, 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 no. It's an intention now. It's a, I will. My will is involved. When I come, I start blasting in the spirit, my friend. Intentionally so. Without any fear. I don't care who is listening. That doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. 
If you like laugh at me, you you will not laugh somewhere when you start seeing my results. You 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 I don't think you will laugh. You continue laughing. There you get it. Now, why do we pray in the spirit? Romans, let's end there. To Romans 8. Romans 8 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Why? For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. With groanings which cannot be uttered. Groanings. Those are groanings. The Bible is already telling you how it happens. So why are you ashamed of it? The Bible is telling you that you don't know what you should pray for. And that the Holy Ghost wants to pray for you. He said, He doesn't say the Holy Ghost prays with us. He says, He prays for us. That somebody is doing the thing on your behalf. All you need to do is to avail your two lips and to open your vocal cords for the sounds to be released. Groanings should be heard. Why are we saying groanings? If I never hear what you're saying, I mean groanings are not murmurings. Groanings which cannot be uttered. It, uh, can you change the version, maybe? Groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So you are not speaking in understanding. It's not like the way I'm talking, I'm, I'm expressing myself with words. But if I start those are not words, those are groanings. Do you understand the difference? Yeah. Those are groanings. I'm groaning. So sometimes you get the shamana, shamona mana, makomana mana, jemaya. Those are groanings. You are giving birth to things. You are creating things. The same way there is a physical womb, there is a spiritual womb. Because there's a spiritual seed, there's a spirit. Everything that you see naturally is a spiritual also. There's a spiritual of it. You are groaning. You are like a woman in labor. Groanings are from women that are laboring. And they are groaning. Mm, ah. She's about to give birth. She's about to produce life. And that, those groanings are not nice. I don't think that somebody has, has released a CD on the groanings of women. That, and it's a bestseller. That, the, 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 the groanings. Who, who will want to, to even buy something like that? To hear all those horrible groanings? But you are the result of those groanings. Everybody sitting here tonight. A woman groaned before. That's why you are sitting here. And can I tell you something? Until you've grown, some things will not be here. Until you've grown, not these things you are doing with professionalism, you are doing, it's like we're asking ourselves, is this person is in labor? Is it labor like this? Is that labor? There's nothing that shows that you are producing something. Hence, nothing gets produced. For things to be produced, you need to get deep. I mean, I 
Have you seen a pregnant woman? A pregnant woman that's about to give birth. Don't shake her about you. She'll be walking around naked. She doesn't even realize she's naked. The pain is too much. She can't think. She'll be hitting walls. And she doesn't feel anything. Because there's something. This thing that you are so diplomatic about yourself. You are so aware of your surroundings. You are not in labor. You are not in labor. You are so aware of your surroundings. You are so aware of everything that is going on. Everybody that enters, you see. Everybody that goes, you see. Everything. I mean, you are not in labor. You are somewhere in Paris. You are observing the, the city. Labor that will give birth to a ministry, to a soul. Somebody, Satan, has held for 25 years. The ancestors of the person have cooked some mucha against him that he will never become anything. And you are saying that you're going to disable the person and you are not, you are not growing, you are not doing anything that can, pro, that can break that grip. Get ready to run around the whole year again. Get ready to run around. You will not get anything if you don't produce it first. The people you want to go and commission yourself to, some of them, the type of mooties that are holding them are real. They need real prayer from a real place for there to be a real deliverance. That's what it is. Groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Never be ashamed of your prayer ever again. I'm begging you. I will continue teaching anyway. Because if you guys don't flow what I'm teaching, God is going to send me another group. You will still be in the church, but you will not be ministered to by me anymore because God will have seen that you are not applying what I've you are learning. God will send other people that will believe and that will apply. That is how God is. I'm teaching you faithfully but it is up to you to start applying what you are learning. If you do not, I'm telling you, you just wake up one day and see your replacement sitting next to you. Person that believes everything the pastor says and is applying it. You'll be sitting next to you, carrying results you wish for. It's up to you. It's up to me. Those are few lectures on prayer. Start applying them. Maybe go home and listen to this message again. Lectures on prayer. Raw lectures. That listen. The way you are going about your prayer life, I don't think much will come out of it. The way you are going, not much will come out of it. You are doing prayer as if it is a game. I already have my plan in place anyway, so prayer is just, ha. Oh, really? Trust God that your plan works all. But if it doesn't work, I don't know what you're going to attend to. Praise the Lord. Stand on your feet tonight. And let's thank God for the message. Let's thank God for the word that came through. Come on, somebody. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. You can 